Welcome, soccer fans, to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host, Luis, and today uh, we will be talking all about last night's match uh, against Orange County, in which we tied 1-1. Lots happened in the game, and we can't wait to uh, go over it. We'll also be going over our future rivals uh, upcoming, which uh, midweek game, Open Cup against Central Valley Fuego. And then the following Saturday at Rio Grande Valley Toros, as well as talking about a new women's soccer team that is going to be coming to Stockton, which we're really excited and which we'll actually be having an interview uh, with them uh, soon. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started with our show tonight. Joining us today is Sharon and Jared. First, let's go to you, podcast mom. How's it going? I still love the nickname Podcast Mom. You have no idea how many times I've had to explain its origin, you know, from way back when I first met you. It's just it's just absolutely fabulous. And I'm doing great. Happy Easter to the both of you guys. Um, you know, I hope we all have a, a blessed day and uh, all is good. Looking forward to talking a little bit about the game and looking forward, like you said, to what's going on in the U.S. Open Cup and also about SC, SC Stockton. So all good stuff. Jared, tossing it to you. Oh, once again, happy Easter, everybody. Um, I won't say what kind of eggs we're going to be giving the the official uh, from last night, but uh, that's new here or there. But uh, otherwise, doing excellent. Uh, uh, glad to be doing, doing another podcast, uh, especially on a holiday weekend as this. We got a lot of stuff to ca- cover from last night's game as well as other topics. So let's go ahead and get the show on the road. Yeah, and, and I can't wait for you to talk about the ref. I know you have... <laughs> As everyone already heard, you have your thoughts on this guy. And if people could read what we talked about on the group chat. Yeah. So it's going to be a good, good time when you talk about the ref here shortly. <laughs> um, uh, but I'm, I'm glad y'all are good too. Happy Easter to you as well. Uh, on my side, you know, I, I had a lot of mixed feelings yesterday. Yeah, we, we got the tie at Orange County, but in Mexico, my team lost against uh, a team that has been underperforming the whole season. And so it's a little tough there, but at least Sac Republic gave me a goal and, and something to celebrate last night. So <laughs> that, that was good. So shout out to uh, Darth Vader. And he also followed me on Instagram as well. So uh, great stuff there. Um, definitely made the night with uh, the follow and the amazing goal there. So cool. Uh just a reminder to everyone, if uh, you're not following the podcast on social media yet, you can find it at State Republic 12 on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Also search us up on YouTube to uh, view some of our past videos, especially the town halls and the interviews we've done in the past that we've actually had video as well. So check those out. And we are going to be doing more videos in the future. So if you want to hit that subscribe button on YouTube, then we would greatly appreciate it. All right, let's get right to Golazos of Gratitude. So Sharon, Jared, whoever unmutes first is whoever goes first. Huh? Oh, Sharon goes first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I go first because I'm trailing you in points. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, our little contest. And so I'm just going to jump right in because I know Jared's going to cover, you know, the uh, referee situation with the Yellow Roses a little bit later, which, oh, God. Anyhow, I am actually super grateful that we came away from Orange County with a tie. So golazos of gratitude go to our squad, go to the substitutions, the timely substitutions, 
um, to try to shore up and make sure that we did walk away with at least a point after halftime. But the other part of my Golazos of Gratitude extends to my own town and my neighborhood association because we've had like this incredible, uh, just incredible flurry of activity that reminds us that we are still able to be in public outside with people. And Friday night was an incredible brew fest in Elk Grove. I don't know if anybody saw my social media, but it was fabulous. Elk Grove just put itself back on the map. Well, we never did come off the map, but um, just an incredible time, a great uh, festival atmosphere. And then my own little neighborhood association. It's not an HOA, it's just neighborhood association. We delivered Easter baskets to the residents who signed up for them. And um, I had help making them shout out to my friend who helped me make the Easter baskets and put the eggs together and everybody who participated. But that is just such a, a show of community pride and community spirit, which is big time for Sac Republic. And I just can't, you know, it's just like, you can't appreciate people enough when they come together as community and they share community pride that makes us so much stronger and so much more together. So. Thanks to everybody for that. Jared, what's your Golazo gratitude? Well, as far as on the field, I definitely give a big Golazo gratitude to Danny Vitiello. He did an amazing job last night. I know there was the PK, but really there wasn't much to do that. But I mean, that that aside, he was just making saves left and right. I mean, he was just holding the fort down awesomely as he could. Thankful that uh, it was only just the one that went through. So thank you very much, Danny V. You know, you, you put your foot into it. So we appreciate that uh, off the field uh, this past Sunday. Uh, I actually hosted, uh, well, kind of hosted some folks from Sacramento making the trip for the last Kings game here in Phoenix. So I definitely want to give a big shout out to Mike Tavares, as well as to the Kings GM, uh, Monty McNair, which of course I gave uh, stickers out to. So thank you very much for coming out uh, for this mat- for this uh, game. Certainly appreciate it. And also to everyone else that came out. So, of course, you know, stickers went flying left and right from my hands. So giving everybody as much stickers as I can, including the G-Man himself, Gary Gerald. So just very grateful for last uh, Sunday as well as uh, yesterday. So that's the big ones I, I've got right, right out there. Cool. And uh, as far as I go, first one goes out to Jared and the social media coordinator uh se stockton <laughs> uh, you know J- jared was one of the first to actually share the news with us too and not just that but tag the podcast twitter page and have a little conversation going on there with their social media person and uh of course uh not only do they have a conversation but without us even asking they said they were open to being on the podcast anytime and that was really awesome and we are actually going to be interviewing them here uh, soon. Uh, we're still working out details on the date when that'll be happening, but uh, we're really excited to be able to hear more about this really exciting news and this uh, new USL women's soccer team that will be joining the league next year. So uh, things are happening really quick, and, and I'm really excited, especially being a, a team in the 209, uh, since we don't have um, that many professional right soccer teams going on in the 209. It's not every day that, that we get one. So it uh, should be really great. And we're really excited to be able to uh, talk about them when they join the league and, you know, join them in this amazing journey that, that they have ahead of them. And another goal also gratitude to Sharon for delivering a scarf to Mike 
and not just delivering the scarf, but in style. It wasn't just <laughs> any delivery. <laughs> Yeah. And Luis, you can find all that. Oh, it might not be there anymore. I think on social media, on my Facebook wall, I think you can find the, the ceremony. I'm so glad you guys got the biggest laugh out of it because so did I. <laughs> that, that was awesome. I mean, it was just awesome seeing that. <laughs> when when we post this podcast, we really should tag Mike. <laughs> so he knows that we're going to be talking about him and Chris. We should <laughs> we should tag them in social. So, so for, for anyone who didn't see that video, because it wasn't like a video that we just shared on our socials, uh, it was a more of a private video of sorts. Uh, can you talk about what happened and like who, who thought about the idea? <laughs> so this is bizarre. I totally had my back to the crowd and all of a sudden I feel the presence of somebody kind of making their way to me quickly. And then I hear my name and I whip around and it's Chris. Um, and, and then I see further away, I see her husband and like, it was at the brew fest, of course, and everybody in Elk Grove, I swear to goodness, they were all out there. I ran into so many people that I've known over many years, soccer players, you know, friends, community members, but then Chris was, she's just like, Oh, I'm so glad to see you. And it was so lovely. And then I see Mike and Mike said something about, you know, getting a scarf or, or I might've even asked him, it's like, Mike, did you get a scarf? It went like weird. And then I realized that before I even left my car, because I had a scarf in my car for him, should I ever bump into him? Because he lives in Elk Grove. They live in Elk Grove. And it's like, I put it in my, I put it in my bag. So it was in my crossbody bag. I put a scarf in my bag, hoping I would run into them. It was so bizarre. And it was like, Mike, I have your scarf. And the next thing you know, he starts making it up and he, he kneels on the ground. It's like, we have to have a special ceremony and he puts his knees on the ground. It's like, okay, I am going to knight Mike with the scarf. And that's how it all went down. Chris grabs her phone. She videos the whole thing. And I was so, I had like this straight face. I was trying so hard not to laugh through the whole entire thing. But, you know, when you've had, I don't know, maybe three sips of beer, it could have been more than that. You just do animated stuff. And that's how it came out. <laughs> so funny the laughter that ensued afterwards was pretty fabulous you did keep a, a straight face though i mean you you took it serious it was a serious thing right or like all right <laughs> at least not the video at the beginning so. oh man i was so straight faced as a matter of fact it almost looked like i was unhappy but that's my resting <laughs> face so you can bleep that word <laughs> yeah the, the bleep makes a comeback i think it's been a couple episodes without a, a bleep so. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, all that was great. I'm, I'm glad that that moment was captured in video. And, uh, you know, and I'm so glad stuff. you included that in the Golazos of Gratitude, Luis. You are the best. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to. It was, it was a good moment. And uh, yeah, shout out to Mike for getting this. I'm glad he finally got the scarf. I know <laughs> it, it. I felt pretty bad because I, I mentioned the last time I saw him, maybe the next time we see you, I'll give you a scarf. But course it's one of those things where you you go inside the stadium and then you're like oh i should have just gotten one more scarf i didn't have enough with me and so uh yeah i'm glad that he finally was able to to get it there awesome well uh let's go ahead and and just dive right into this game that we had last night 1-1 at orange county championship stadium and i want to talk about that first goal right because it, it, i don't i can't remember when the last time was that we scored a goal so early on in a match, right? That 
I'm sure there were still people that were, you know, uh, preparing food or just, you know, not even at the couch yet, ready to watch the game. <laughs> Maybe had a plane in the background and heard a goal and we're like, I hope it's our goal and not their goal. But we get the goal and it happened at the second minute uh, of, of play and man oh man did uh dan casey like just whip out probably one of the best assists we've seen him <laughs> ever have and actually find uh, a dart vader that i should add right it was his first championship game right i know we had seen him before in uh the open cup and in that preseason friendly but luckily he got his uh, work visa situation all figured out and we have him now and what a way to start your championship debut by getting a goal in basically the second minute of play and yeah, taking the goalkeeper out. So what were you guys' thoughts on this? Well, absolutely. So here's the funny thing. His name is actually Damien Viader <laughs> with the accent on the ER, right? And our announcers, because I had both the streams going, I had the Fox stream going, and then I had the OC stream going. They they mispronounced his name. They call him Viader. And our guys pronounced it correctly, Verdur, you know, the accent later. And so that was, I just thought I'd throw that in there as a tiny little bit of knowledge about that. But the goal was phenomenal. I literally turned the game on like two minutes, exactly two minutes into the game. And this was what pops up. Literally, I see like I, because I was a couple of minutes late getting the game on. I thought it was wrong. I thought this was like a like a practice session, you know, where he was just down at a goal and he was shooting. And then I realized it was actually the game. When I looked at the minute, I was flabbergasted when I saw how the keeper, how their keeper came out the way he did and how uh, Damien just literally calm, cool, collected, open goal. I am not going to miss. Here's a guy who didn't miss. What a way to open your your season, you know? Yeah, I was kind of going through the same thing as well. I was getting the uh, the Fox 40 uh, website pulled up on my Xbox, and I had already seen that we were up one nothing. I was like, wait, 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 hang on. Let me get the game going first. <laughs> Come on. But, uh, no, that was definitely a great setup. Why the, the goalkeeper decided to come out from basically Santa Ana to, to cover that, <laughs> I have no idea. But I'm, I'm grateful. <laughs> I'm grateful he did because that, because that just opened up the account for, for, for Damia. I mean, just able to streak by knock that open netter in. And that's definitely something that, that really helped us out. So did, did you goal. say he, he came out all the way from where Santa Ana, <laughs> which is also in orange County, because that's the uh, train station that I had, had gone to the last time. I went out to Irvine after the game was over because I, that was one of my planes, trains, automobile connections out there. Right. So that's what I uh, came up. So, so looking at the goalkeeper's angle, our guys would, I don't think our guys would ever do something like that. Our guys would be no. in a better position. He literally was, he knew he was last man, you know, when, when their defense got beat. Right. And, but the thing was, is he totally, I mean, I guess he had to do what he did, you know, come out, be big, cut the angle. But then he didn't, like, he missed. He could have actually fouled Damia outside the box. He could have yeah. because it would have just been a free kick. 
I don't think it would have been a red card. It just probably would have been a yellow is my guess. Cause you know, he could have tried to make an attempt to, to get the ball and you know, whatever, but he just didn't. And it was like, Oh, I guess Tommy is just that fit. So you guys remember in the other podcast that I had mentioned that this guy has mad skills, his hip swivel is fabulous. All those things, you know, that we talk about with players that, that come in that are pretty skillful and you, this is that day. I think Luis, you even, when we were texting in the background, you even mentioned, you know, something to that effect that, Oh, what you say is true about this guy. You know, he just, he has a good nose. He has a good eye for the goal. Yeah. Cause you and just mentioned face. that. Yeah. And so he, he did it. I mean, he, <laughs> he showed the world that what you said was on point at the beginning of the game. At the ver- Yep. 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 So, Yeah. I mean, the keeper, I don't even know that he tried to trip him. It looks like he stuck a foot out, but, you know, hey, I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad nothing happened. Our guy got us the tie, the Joseph A. Banks tie. So we're loving it. Yeah. And, and I think Jared mentioned in Santa Ana, I, I, I'm trying to remember how the stadium was facing, but I think he, the goalkeeper was in the side of Santa Ana, right? <laughs> I'm trying to remember how the stadium is visually <laughs> oh, situated. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, maybe he did come from Santa Ana, he, well, at least from the direction of Santa Ana. So. Southern, I mean, he just left so much open space. I mean, he probably could have put another Disneyland out there. Probably with that much. We're full of it. Okay. So this is the first time in a long time we've recorded in the morning. Um, so this is Easter, Easter morning. It's not even noon yet. And so just FYI. It, this is not an evening one. Nobody's had anything to drink and or anything like that. So <laughs> I think we're pretty sharp, you know? Yeah, we're yeah, pretty J- sharp. Jared just had breakfast too. So I mean, <laughs> there's that. I can hear the rapper in the background. How is that breakfast, by the way, Jared? Oh, it's it's actually pretty pretty good. See, um, for those that uh, obviously don't don't have a visual on this, a uh, couple of day, uh, day or two ago, I decided to get another one of those four and 20 uh, traveler footy pies because you know <laughs> i was w- wanting something for the weekend uh, had a bit of a stomach issue on friday but since that's cleared up i've been kind of binging a, li- a little bit here and there you're just grateful to get something in the stomach so that's why i, I had breakfast earlier today so i'm at i'm at least functional because it is uh, in the morning when we're recording this but uh just just grateful to have a bit of breakfast uh, in this rare morning recording <laughs> yeah and so my final thoughts on the goal is I, I'm with y'all. I think the goalkeeper for Orange County, he came out a little too early, right? In fact, I think this may one of those times when he could have probably like waited a couple more seconds, right? And maybe, maybe we wouldn't be seeing the goal, but you know, we're, we're thankful that he didn't think twice and he just decided to go out. <laughs> but yeah. And in hindsight, when we look at that, it's uh it's not something that happens every day that we get a goalkeeper coming out that, that early, but worked out for us. And so moving on to uh, the PK that Orange County gets, uh, which happened in the 24th minute. And I wish I could see a different camera angle, but I understand we don't have other angles, right? Or anything that's like up high so we can get a better view. And at some point, I think they need to, have like a drone or something that is recording <laughs> uh, all, all of the matches, but they actually get what was like a midfield uh, pass. And to me, it looks like it's offside, but again, we'll never know because we don't have the right angle, but 
basically the Orange County player has a one-on-one with Danny V and up behind him comes Jack Gurr and actually fouls him and they get the PK call. And before I say what I think about this, I want to hear what you two have to say on this. So what, what did you guys think of? So this? I thought Jacker actually got ball. I know that the player had it on his right foot, right side, but there was one moment where the ball was a little bit loose and it looks like Jacker did stop the progress of the ball or at least touch the ball. So I don't know, you know, it's such a, such a tough call, but the, the guy went down kind of easy, but yeah, Jacker's foot did go in front of the player you know, to, to try to, he actually was trying for the ball. And I honestly think he may have tapped it because it changes direction. The ball defl- changes direction, but because the referee probably saw that Jack Gurr was coming more from behind than the side, I think, I think the referee called it, but there, I don't believe that our guys would have let a guy be that open. So I do believe in what you're saying, Louis said it was most likely an offside situation, honestly, because I totally trust our guys to not let a guy get in behind them. They've been really good with a swivel head. I've watched Jack, I've watched Dan, and I've watched Lee, and they're they're pretty good. They they had only one part uh, later in the game where there was a communication breakdown where you could see that one guy should have talked to another guy to say that you know, he had a pressure, pressure on, you know, we were trying to build a play, but otherwise I know these guys would have communicated and would have said something if that guy got in behind him. And so I think the guy got in behind him. I, I really do. I think it was offside. Yeah, it definitely ha- had uh, notes of offside on, on that play. I mean, the fact that they just let it continue once again, our boy, Melvin Rivas. Uh, <laughs> Wait, but, uh, yeah. got paid by Orange County? Okay, right, right, right. Yeah, and the one in the um, less than family friendly meme that uh, you'll see on my socials and not in the group. But uh, yeah, so towards the later portion of that, uh, unfortunately, it does look like that uh, he got more ankle than ball. Barely got a sprinkling of ball on that one, but m- more ankle. So unfortunately, you know, that's you know the call in there since they can't bother to call it offsides. They just had to go with that. Yeah, I, I, I'm of the opinion that it was a clear PK. And, you know, I, I had to watch this. I, I'm not going to lie. I watched this like 50 times on replay. <laughs> uh, and really in super slow, because you have to watch it like just that slow to be able to see exactly what, what happens. And, you know, he unfortunately does get his foot first. And then he might just like barely, just slightly actually touch the ball. But, Unfortunately, it's it's the foot first, right? And as we all know, right, it really depends on what the first action is. Even if you touch the ball afterwards, uh, you're probably going to get called on. But I think it's one of those situations, uh, whether it was offside or not, where you can't really blame Jack. I think that, you know, he did what he could. And had he not done that, I think we still get scored on. I think it's one of those plays that, yeah, you're going to risk the yellow card um, as long as you're not last man, of course, right? Which luckily here, he wasn't. But it's much better to risk the PK call and hope that our goalkeeper actually stops the PK versus, oh, more than likely the player is going to score, which I really do think he would have scored on, right? Not that Danny V wouldn't have a touch to it, but I still think that, it, I mean, it was a one-on-one and, and the Orange County player was, uh, he was already pretty like, alone basically right i think he would have just scored on 
even if Jack doesn't actually. I don't know. I don't know. I was watching his foot positioning, you know, for the setup, Luis. I have a funny feeling. I'm I'm almost, I think Danny Vidiello probably would have had, Danny V probably could have done something there. He, his, his personal, he got back for the exact proper angles. Look at him. Look at him. And he's on his toes. He's ready. Look at him. He, we're watching. So anybody who knows what we're doing, we're watching the highlight and we can see Danny Vidiello. He was ready for whatever that shot was going to bring. He was marking perfectly in the box. He, he had his posts covered. He had his angles covered. He was watching the ball. He was watching the player's foot. I have a feeling, you know, had Jacker not done that, I think Danny would have come up with a save, but that's not how it went. The referee blew, blew the whistle. Um, It's interesting. The thought, the process that goes in a defender's head when a guy does get in behind them and is not called off sides. They, these guys were co- trying to cover so hard. Our defenders were trying so hard to make up for what they assumed was their mistake, which it wasn't because it was most likely an offside call that didn't get called, but that's cool. But they were trying so hard to make up for that. And Jacker probably felt such ownership for the situation that he was the fastest to get back you know, let's face it, Jack's pacey. So mm-hmm. I, I don't blame him for doing what he did because he's, you know, he's trying to protect. He's trying to make up for what he assumed was a mistake of the defenders, which it wasn't. So on with life, on with life. Yeah. One thing I want to point out is that, and we've seen this happen before. I just think that that's something that players need to stop doing. Right. And that is, um, if you guys notice on the replay, Dan is like lifting his hand up, right? Like it's offside and all that. And I'm all for doing that after the play is over. But during the play, you shouldn't do that, right? I mean, you're already, you're you're distracted just slightly there, right? You're turning over there when you could be following the play versus like just lifting your hand up while, you know, play is still going on. And, and that applies really to any other thing, right? A foul that's not called on. Don't just stay on the ground asking for it to like, just keep going. If the game is going. It's going right. If, if they're going to mark offside, then they're going to mark offside. And if they don't, we don't have VAR. And it, it just it is what it is. And we just have to uh, work with with what they call. So. Yeah, it's a total play to the whistle situation. Just play to the whistle. And then, of course, you know, if they call the PK. Uh, and if you're in disagreement with it, I understand players are going to complain and whatnot. But again, you know, again, we don't have VAR. Whatever the referee decided is what it is. And. You know, I just think uh, we need to make sure we don't get more like yellow cards called up on us too. And not that they happen here because Jack's foul merit a yellow card, I understand. Uh, but in other situations, right, where it's just, you know, a player shouting at the referee, like, yeah, we're, we're still not going to get either a PK called on or a PK called uh, or removed or a called removed uh, from that, just from mentioning it because... It is whatever the referee decides, and yeah, but they can let us fans actually shout out the referee all all we want because the referee won't give us a red card <laughs> unless, of course, we go on the field and all that goes on. But <laughs> um, but other than that, you know, let let us the fans actually shout at at the referee and all, all the bat calls. He was probably in disbelief that he got called for that and that there was going to be a PK that ensued. You know, but whatever, you can't change the referee's mind. But you know the the PK was well struck. But Danny dove to the right direction. If you if you go to the PK itself, let's move forward and and go to the actual PK. Danny Danny well, he went he guessed correctly, and I'm loving that. You know, 
It's just it was a well-placed PK. Look how big Danny is in the box. Yeah, it, it was a well, I mean, it, it wasn't the center, right? But it's one of those things where a lot of players risk shooting at the center because more often than not, goalkeepers actually pick a side and don't always just stay in the middle, right? So he chose right. It just uh, for some reason that shot just went a little bit faster. Uh, and really, you can't really jump at uh, bullet speeds, although Danny certainly g- gave it a good shot at it. Yeah, PKs. I mean, the dude, it was literally just on the inside of the post. There's That's so hard to get. Um, so, but I would never, if I was shooting, I would never shoot the middle because look what Carlos did that one time where he saved the PK with his foot, the trailing foot. Mm-hmm. I would never shoot middle because you never know where the rest of the goalkeeper's body is going to be. I would, mm-hmm. I would pick a side. I would either pick a side or pick a, a side slash upper V, you know, but yeah. No, but Danny, I'm glad he, he he dove in the correct direction. Man, he guessed right. Um, that's, you know, credit to him. But they got a goal. So, you know, there they are tying us, tying up the score. And, you know, we knew we had it within us to edge ahead. But I let's talk about the rest of the game. And the uh, our possession was phenomenal. If you think about it and you look at the stats, our possession was brilliant. We had so much possession in the game and we are, we know that the tradition goes with the team that possesses the ball the most typically wins, you know, cause you'll have more goal scoring opportunities. So I don't think Mark Briggs has anything to be upset about with respect to possession. There are some things of course that need to be cleaned up. But what Luis is showing us right now is highlight reels of Danny Vitiello's perfect save. Perfect save in the books. Yeah, I agree. 77th minute, he had quite quite a save, right? I mean, this could have been this could have been the two-one, and we would have been in a lot of trouble uh, so, so late in the match, too. But luckily, he he came out great, and he he has been improving over the last couple of weeks, right? I think. Uh, that that one game that you know we we didn't speak as high of him before um you know that was just his first game and i am noticing that he's starting to adapt right more which is which is really good he's claimed the top spot dude that's not a start that's a solid well i mean that he's he's been progressing right over time because of course i think i i still enjoy seeing carlos right it might just be us um you know, being a little biased because we saw Carlos towards the end of last season, right? But, uh, you know, I, I'm glad to see him uh, getting getting closer to his level, right, at past clubs, right? Which is what got him the Golden Glove. So, uh, you know, I, I know he's not 100%, I think, quite there, but that's understandable, right? But I think he's getting to that level and, and clearly showing it, right, in, in each game. And so um, that's, that's all. So... Carlos should probably be a little worried, right, at this point, because it's going to take a lot to get him back in, in the starter role. But no problem, right, because we we have the Open Cup and at least he'll be able, I'm sure, to get some playing time there as, as he did in the last one. Yeah, yeah. I, either way, it's still it's still up for grabs as far as who's going to be the uh, the main uh, goalkeeper. I mean, obviously, Car- Carlos, you know, we, we've had him for, for a little while since, since last season. And then now you got Danny coming into his own, especially with saves like this that he had last night. I mean, it's 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 not going to be an easy feat to figure out who's going to be the, the the real number one. So I welcome this battle. I mean, that just 
makes things better for, for the club, knowing that we've got folks fighting to get into that position to help yeah, keep the uh, score as low as possible for the other teams. I mean, also to try hard to get more and more clean sheets. So great job on, on both the uh, goalkeepers ends. I mean, keep it up. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm all for more clean sheets. I mean, let's, let's get in a lot of uh, dryers out there. Right. And <laughs> make sure all those sheets are, are clean. <laughs> um, unlike last season, last season was a little, little rough on, on that side. So I'm, I'm glad to see them. Uh, Trying to keep a clean sheet or at least, you know, keep it at just one goal against and not not too much. Cool. Well, um, you know, we talked about bad calls earlier. And as I mentioned, <laughs> I want to hear, Jared, your thoughts. And I, I, you probably have a couple of different key moments in the match, right? Which a lot of those happen in the second half, I know, <laughs> especially with Roro and how the referee just had something going on right there. But t- tell us more about some of the bad calls that you observed. Well, for those of us that have been watching the, the these two teams play against each other for the past few years, we've known that any time Republic FC plays Orange County, there is going to be some seriously uh, brown butter level officiating. And last night was no exception. There had been fouls that had been called on Republic FC, which have been very ticky tacky and Oh, there's there's a couple examples. I can't really name them offhand, but just what I observed. I mean, Republic FC player would end up getting crushed, assaulted, and everything like that. Oh, play play on, play on. And then when Orange County basically just accidentally kicks their, their foot against the blade of grass, they go fall down, red a yellow card, yellow card, foul. And especially with, with the fact that uh, with uh, Roro, he ended up getting fouled. And understandably, you know, goes to pick up the ball. Oh, hand, handball, handball. Dude, did you not see Roro get get smacked in the middle of the field there? And you're going to wait and, and say something where he goes to pick up the ball, thinking that it, that it should have been a foul, and it should have been a foul. And then also late, later on, Roro gets uh, trampled over, doesn't call, doesn't call anything, but then later gives a yellow card. Which uh, leads to the uh, the meme that I had po- that posted on my socials and not in the group about uh, Melvin Rivas, our our boy. Oh, Roro R- 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 got assaulted. Maybe a yellow card will make him feel better. <laughs> the- <laughs> yeah, I'll leave the graphic portion out, but that's basically what the caption read. You'll have, you'll have to see my social at Port Power AZ to see what I mean on, on that picture. Yeah, uh, that was uh, that was something else. <laughs> Right there. And I know that there was another circumstance where Orange County player had a yellow card. It was clearly another yellow. And even the uh, broadcast commentators actually also mentioned it. And referee was not brave enough to pull the second yellow to give them a red card. But it should have been. And I think we've been in those circumstances quite often, right, where referees are too scared to pull that second yellow card even though they should, because at any other point, had the player not had a yellow card, they would have pulled the yellow card. And so I don't know what needs to happen, but they need to be less afraid of like, hey, if it's a yellow card, you pull it regardless of whether it's the first one or the second one. So so that was a very interesting call because when you replayed it, when it was replayed in slow-mo, Luther took a heck of a knock. 
from that guy, uh, from their defender who missed the ball entirely and only got Luther. And, you know, Luther went down, clattered down to the ground. And, you know, they had to, of course, check him out for whatever. I think concussion protocol. I, I'm not certain that they did that because that was a little bit off cam. But at any rate, I mean, that that was a hard knock. So that should have been a second yellow because the defender didn't touch the ball. It was it was in, very obvious to all of us. Yeah, and those things really matter, right? I think that happened. I might be wrong, but I believe it, it was around the 70th something minute, around that 70th mark. Yeah. Um, and we, we still had a lot of time after that. Had it been a red card, that's a whole new game right there. And anything can happen. But uh, overall, you know, we get the 1-1 and it wasn't as bad of a score. And you'll find out why. I think it wasn't as bad of a score later on. <laughs> um, but again, you know, actually just being away. And uh, as much as Orange County isn't the old team that we've seen in previous years, it's always, you know, tough to get a win in general at their stadium. And I think in the past couple of games, we've actually had ties, right? The last one being that Nabi last minute tie that we all remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was also another uh, tie there. So, uh, you know, it, it's happened before. And uh, as I mentioned before, whenever we play away, of course you want to get the three points. We all want to get three points, but hey, if you do really good at home away, you manage to, get some points even if it's a couple of ties even if we tied all the way games that's great oh i'm on board with that we're solid so any points we get away are always great um, regardless so not too bad of a result there for us and uh, that just keeps our good uh streak going on so if we take a look at the standings and how we're um, showing up so Kind of interesting situation, but this happens every year. Unfortunately, I, I wish it wasn't that way, but that just means we, we have some uh, room to catch up. But we have only five games played, whereas other teams have six, seven, even eight games already. Uh, so, you know, good for us, right? Again, we, we still have some games to catch up, uh, but I, I wish we were all on the same pace and we had a better idea of how we like rank up here. But First place, you got Loyal with the eight games played, 16 points. Uh, second, Colorado with uh, six games played, 15 points. Uh, San Antonio in third, six games played, 15 points. Las Vegas Lights, surprisingly, fourth place with seven games and 12 points. And then uh, Phoenix, six games, 12 points. And then we are sitting in sixth place with five games played, 10 points. So... In theory, if we were to actually uh, catch up to San Diego Loyal and, you know, with the three games more that we would have to play, um, we'd actually be able to be above them uh, 19 points, right? In the event that we got the nine points <laughs> out of those games, right? But uh, just judging off the uh, numbers that we stack up against these teams that are above us, looking pretty good because, you know, again, we, we still have a couple of games to catch up uh, against some of these. And if we look at below us, we actually have New Mexico, uh, which also has five games played. They have eight points. And uh, just a reminder, the top seven teams are the ones that pass on to the playoffs. So right now we are in playoff territory. And just below New Mexico, you got Los Dos with seven points, uh, Toros with six, Oakland with six, Orange County with five, 
El Paso with three, and then last place, um, Monterey with three, which is uh, kind of sad. And we've said it before to to see them there in, in the bottom, especially since they have a pretty good team. But that that's how things are looking like. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on how we're faring against other teams? You know, it's so funny. We bring this up every year, and you actually bring it up every year about the lack of I mean, the disparity in numbers of games played, you know, against every, you know, with respect to the other other teams, you know, having only, like you said, five matches played in comparison to some of the other squads. It's kind of like, okay, well, you know, we've got some ground to make up. No big deal. We'll be fine. And honestly, I don't freak unless we're down there, you know, with El Paso and Monterey and obviously Orange County kind of thing. So I'm not freaking, you know, we, like you said, there's time. We've got plenty of time to make up, you know, ground and games and that sort of stuff. It's just, we've got, um, we've got some away matches coming up. I know we've got home matches coming up, but we've got an, a kind of a tough away match coming up um, on the six. What, oh God, what's the date of the next match? The 20 something. Um, and it's right after 23rd. Yeah. 23rd. Yeah. Right after open cup and RGV is, you know, they're, a, they're always a tough opponent. Um, at the end of the day, they're, they play tough. So, you know, we just chips fall where we may, we got to take one game at a time. And I know that's Mark Briggs approach to everything is take every game at a time, you know, assess what's going on, deal with the injuries. Unfortunately, we, you know, there's a few guys that are on the mend who we could use on the field, but they're still on the mend. So but at least we can look even further on the good side. Uh, in just about a couple of weeks, we also have a road match against uh, the New York Red Bulls, too. And they have not been doing all that great this this year. So uh, hopefully, I mean, and I know we should still treat it like, like uh, a major match. But that match, I think, is going to be a gimme. I mean, g- given the, their play. But uh, as far as the actual matches coming up, yes, I mean, we RGV, they they have been a side in the crops of so many teams at so many random times. So we don't know. They, they could actually be a, a bigger challenge than what the standings say. Yeah. We, we, we just never know, right? Anything can happen this season. And we have some teams that are surprisingly below and other teams that we know who they are, are, are surprisingly up there. So uh, it's going to be a really like interesting one. I think we can't really predict much. Um, or we can't, we can't call out a team for being like super easy to play against because anything can, really happening this year and I, I think one thing to point out so we have um eight goals scored six goals against and i think it's not too bad considering that we only have six goals scored against i know it's been five games and that means it's at one point you could add the decimals there you know goals scored against per game but i think looking at other seasons where you know we, we could have had other losses right that had more goals uh, i think it's it's pretty good considering that. And, and we're also in the positive goal differential, which uh, last season we know we, we couldn't really catch up to that. <laughs> and yeah. we, we were in the negative so much. So mm-hmm. all's good there. And so we'll be keeping track of that as uh, the season goes on. But I want to just do a quick recap of our season's prediction contest. And <laughs> this is why <laughs> Wait I a said... Minute. Can you get the salt shaker out? Get that salt shaker. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but because jared and i are feeling pretty wounded we've got some open wounds going here uh well like i said midway through the season we might want to add another way to get points as well 
<laughs> Maybe the first yellow card. <laughs> oh boy! Um, but we'll see, like midway through the season, how how we're stacking up, and if you know um, someone needs to approve of of that happening. Um, but I, I was the only one who guessed the one-one score. Um, none of us got the uh, first score right, and uh, yeah, that was which understandably so. Right, I think none of us imagined that Darth Vader was going to be starting so quick, right? Because when we predicted this, we hadn't even seen him play an official game yet because this was before the cup. And so that's understandable why that, that happened. But Jared was close. He said 0-0. So there was a tie. And Sharon had said 1-0, which we, it should have been probably. Had they called that offside call, which we still think it's it was probably offside. <laughs> um, hey, I got half the score right. Half of it right. <laughs> I think I get a half a point for that. I don't know. Yeah, we, we, I guess we, we, might, we might add that as a rule later on, but <laughs> we'll see how things are going midseason. But that's what we got for that. And um, while we're on that topic, actually, why don't we give our predictions for the Open Cup game? And if you guys are feeling it, maybe even the RGV game, unless you guys want to wait till the Fuego recap. Uh, I think we, we might want to wait for the recap, I think. Okay. Yeah, because right. we never know who's going to get injured. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let, let's do Fuego then. Open Cup this Wednesday, uh, four twenty at seven thirty p.m. So, you guys want to go first? I got mine ready already. Because it's four twenty, I'm actually going to go with a four two score for Republic. Oh. Okay. So four two. All right. And then, um, and with us winning, we have to win. We absolutely have to win. It's probably going to be like two one or one zero because I have a funny feeling Fuego's going to play balls to the wall for us against us so um but and i think the first goal scorer i know for them it's going to be villain but for us it's got to be somebody just as crafty and if they put damia on i think my my, my money's on uh my money's on that man damia oh okay he just scored why not do it again yeah uh let's see now given the fact that it's on such a Interesting date. <laughs> I'm not going to go four two or anything like that. I'm I'm going to say three two. I'm in agreement as far as the first first one to get a goal for uh, Central Valley is definitely going to be a villain. But as far as our boys, you know, I am I'm going to say Duke. I'm going to go Duke Lacroix. Oh, okay, that's interesting. I I would almost say that we score on a set piece. So I'm I'm tempted to retract my guess and go with one of our defenders. Um, but you know what? I, maybe we score on the open field. So that's why I, I kind of went with Damia. I like, I like goals that way. I love set piece goals, but you know, at the end of the day, eh, we'll see. All Luis, right. what's your prediction? Uh, well, I share the same prediction with Jared of three, two. And I, I think Roro scores first uh, for us. Of course. I also think Bishop is going to get one of those two goals, not, not both goals, but I think gets one of them. I don't know which one, but one of them. And I also think that it's going to be 2-2 and we're going to go to extra time and we score the goal in extra time. Wow, that's a deep prediction. Ooh, we should say whether or not we think that it's going to go to extra time, added time. That's a bonus point, by the way. Wait. (laughs) You're just making that up, huh? If you guys are cool with that, bonus point, yes or no, and then... You mean extra time? Yeah, extra time, yes or no, yeah. I say no. I say we score in regulation. Everything is in regulation time. 
And, and I'm going to talk to the coach about that and just say, please make sure that all the goals that we score and that we win in regulation time, because dang it, I do not want Luis to get ahead of us any further. Jared, <laughs> do you think that that's a fair new rule, a new prediction in these open cup matches that goals score, that we predict whether or not it's going to go into extra time? Well, given the fact that they're, that they're all going to be like, obviously you can't tie to advance. So I, I would say yes. Uh, as far as that goes, determining if it's either going to be regulation time or extra time, but I, I think this, this match is just going to stay in regulation. Okay. Two regulation. Whoopsie. Sorry about that. Two Ooh. regulation and uh, one <laughs> extra time guess. And Luis, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, either way, God. these are either way, these are definitely some, some dank predictions for, for this match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just leave isn't... the cookie, just leave the cookies at home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um yeah, that's that, that's gonna be interesting. We'll we'll find out what what happens uh, with this one too. I mean, I even though I say yes to extra time, I really hope it doesn't go to extra time, right? Oh, of course, if we're winning, right? I mean, if we're losing, then we're all going to want extra time. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but I, I think I think it will go to extra time. And it's it's just going to have us glued to our seats. And it's going to be something else. Uh, you know, if anyone hasn't gone to a cup game and you're there sitting during extra time, you know, it's, it's nerve-cracking. You're right there just not knowing what's going to happen and knowing that one goal scored against can mean the end of your cup journey because – you're limited on time, right? And as, as the clock keeps going and you're getting closer to that 30th minute of extra time, you know, things start to uh, get a little uh, shaky for all of us who, who attend games. So we'll see. But I think it's going to be a good game regardless. So we'll see who gets it right. So next thing, is, as we mentioned, so our next USL game is going to be next Saturday at RGV. Uh, April 23rd, 5.30 p.m., uh, Roro returning back to his 2021 home. It'll be interesting uh, how that goes. And I'm sure he knows a lot of the guys out there still playing for the team. And maybe he could, you know, spread some of that RGB wisdom and, you know, help us strategize that game. <laughs> that should be interesting. And if we look at some of the recent games that they've had, um, just yesterday, they, they beat uh, New York Red Bulls 2 away uh, 1-0 or not not just yesterday actually um friday is when they played that game i actually watched uh, just some of it too and before that they lost against indy 2-1 and then they had their open cup win 2-1 against north carolina and then they lost against san antonio also 2-1 so for a while there they were on a 2-1 streak going on and then they also do have open cup games going or game going on this week they play this Tuesday at Houston Dynamo. So maybe, you know, if, if we're at luck, if they happen to lose that game, they might not be as highly motivated, right? But on the flip side, if they do win that game, then their motivation could be up high if you beat an MLS team in Open Cup. So we'll see what, what RGB we get next Saturday based on that. That's crazy. But it's interesting because the field is always leveled when everybody has a midweek game. So I'm kind of glad that RGV, you know, has an open cup match as well. They have one extra day of rest than we do. Plus we have travel on top mm. of um, open cup and that takes a little bit out of the legs. If you know, I mean, that's a, a long trek to get to RGV 
that sort of a thing. So just hope that our guys can shake off travel legs and uh, get it going and do something spectacular at RGV and hopefully RGV's heads are like somewhere else when we go to play them and all works out really, really well. Anyhow. Yeah. Especially if they go to extra time again, I hope they don't, even though I did say they, you know, I think they would just for the point, but, uh, but if they do, then we're going to have that on top of that. So we'll see. We'll see how things go. Yep. Especially since coach is going to actually be playing. I'm sure the starting 11 that'll be playing on Saturday because we know he's taking this seriously, which is good. That's how you should take the cup. All right, Jared, I think it's it's your time to shine. I know we have a couple of mysteries here for everyone. So, you know, just let us know what our USL Unsolved mysteries are for, for this episode. Okay, so we've uh, got a couple here. Um, and some of you already know, uh, as far as this week, uh, with this match, uh, Melvin mother effing Rivas. What is his deal? I mean, he could officiate any other match. You don't hear anything like that, but always when it's him or if it's OC or a combination of both, there's always trouble. What is his motivation in missing the most simplest calls, especially five yards away with Roro getting assaulted, he doesn't call it on anyone except for Roro. It's like, oh, here's a yellow card for, for being vi- victimized on the field. And then anytime that's OC, oh, they trip over a pebble, instant yellow card. So, I mean, who who gives him his payments? How does he get, get these calls that are so terrible, so off the wall, and yet he is still officiating in the United States and, and possibly Canada. I, mean, I, I think I'm going to switch to a different topic before we start hearing more, more beeps that uh, make it sound like an EKG machine or anything like that. But, <laughs> I'm but sorry, but I was totally laughing in the background. I had myself muted. Dude, I was just like, I was, I was laughing so hard. So keep going. This is good stuff. Keep going on your unsolved. All right, going with the out-of-town scoreboard, can we, can we look at where was Oakland at this past few weeks? They end up destroying Loudon 4-1. This is the same team that couldn't get a win, or barely got a tie, and yet here they are destroying Loudon, uh, a Hayden Sargis-less uh, uh, Loudon nonetheless, but still – 4-1 out of nowhere. Where did this come from? And then also sh- shifting gears to another match, what happened to Colorado Springs? They end up losing to Memphis 901 2-1 yesterday. I mean, I know Colorado ended up getting shocked by Northern Colorado Hailstorm in the Open Cup, but now that's carried over to league play. Memphis, of, of all teams, ends up shocking Colorado Springs. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, abandoned ship or anything like that for Colorado Springs, but it's, it, it makes you wonder. I mean, Memphis is not exactly a major team. We're not comparing them to Tampa Bay or Louisville City or anything like that, but you, you kind of make them look like that. I mean, you're previously undefeated and you give a game like that to, to them. So 
I, it, it's easy to say this, this league, it, it's not a, a situation of March madness, uh, even though it's early on in the season, but you truly do not know what's going to happen with this league. I mean, you have undefeated teams getting taken out by someone that they hardly play. You've got teams that are down in the cellar for some reason, just shocking the, the brown butter out of other teams like, like Oakland be a beating up on Lounding United. I mean, this is an unpredictable league sometimes. I mean, there's, there's some things that are predictable Melvin Rivas and then you've got uh, these scores that are just out of nowhere. So th- these are definitely unsolved mystery times with some of these uh, scores and goings on in the league. Especially our favorite to uh, just mention Las Vegas Lights, right? Beating uh, Pittsburgh Riverhounds 1-0, right? The Riverhounds are like second place, right? right I think right now in the East. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Pittsburgh's been, been traditionally strong. I mean, I mean that, that's, that's where we got... Uh, Danny Vitiello from, if I, if I remember correctly. So there, there's reasons why they're doing so good. And they also beat Charleston Battery, right, recently as well. So Las Vegas has been taking points from the East, like, in these recent games too, right? And granted, they, they lost against Tucson, which you could probably tell us if they have, like, a special team right there. But wow, It's so cool that Las Vegas Lights has kind of woken up. Everybody's kind of woken up at these odd times. All these teens are kind of doing like funky chicken. You know, what are they doing? We have no idea. It's so funny. So, I mean, but that is the nature of our sport. Is that not? I mean, there are two teams that enter a field. One of them's going to win or tie um, in some cases. It's just been, it's an entertaining season. Jared, you will not be without your unsolved mysteries from here forward. I swear to you. Yeah, I do not doubt that one bit. I mean, there's definitely going to be uh, unsolved fodder uh, here and there uh, throughout the league. Yeah, you won't even have to like really dig too much into it because they're just doing the job, right? To <laughs> give you the mysteries there too. Um, but yeah, like I mentioned, the standings—it's really shocking to see like a Monterey Bay and El Paso still with both with six games played, sitting at just three points, right? And then no ties even, right? It's like one game, one five losses. That's wow. That, that's that's incredible to see that too. And also um, Oakland Roots, right? And and Orange County, right? That we just played against, right? Five matches played, five points. Reigning champions, right? Or or down there. So yeah, yeah, crazy. It, things it, it was on. interesting listening to the announcers talk about how they were last year's, you know, league champions essentially, and then this year they've just gotten off to such a rough start. But then they give them. Grace, you know, they've had changes in staff and coaching and la la la. So who knows? Mm, who knows? We're sitting pretty because we actually had a vision forward for this season and, you know, uh, an improvement in personnel, so to speak. I, you know, as far as like getting some uh, players that Mark Briggs handpicked for, for the squad. So I know that our our situation probably is looking bright going forward. Yeah, and, and this is the first season, right, that he gets to actually uh, build a team completely, right, where it's just uh, Mark making yeah. the, the calls on what players he wants. So we're definitely seeing that on full display. Hey, and, and and you know what? We're going to probably talk a whole lot more about that on the town hall, segueing to the town hall that we're holding the live uh, this Tuesday at 7 p.m. So, Luis, you want to say a little bit more about that? Yeah. So for anyone uh, who hasn't seen our town halls, we usually like to give our 
uh, night before preview, especially because we're already so hyped up because we know the next day is, is a home game. And we only, again, we only do these for home games, but we are going to have it this Tuesday at 7 p.m., April 19th. Uh, and if you want to join us, just send us a message and we'll have you on. Really, I mean, we, we want to have as many fans as, as can be on, right? And this is one that's going to be on a Tuesday. We've never had one on a Tuesday. Usually they're on like Friday nights. And I understand people are out, you know, like just celebrating that it's a Friday night. <laughs> so if you are available at 7 p.m., then just send us a message and uh, we'll send you the link to join. And we'll be talking all about the Open Cup game and what to expect and yeah, and really all the things that are going to be going on there. And if you're going to be going and uh, join in and let us know where you'll be at. Um, we know seating is going to be a little limited as they usually do with open cup games. They don't open all the stadiums. So if you see a bunch of seats that apparently look like they're sold out, they're not really sold out because, you know, they, they close like half or even more than half, I think of the, of the stadium. Um, but from the looks of it, it looks like, you know, they've gotten tickets sold or they've gotten plenty of tickets actually sold from the areas where they were actually sold at. So that's a good sign. And Central Valley Fuego, if you all saw the post that we did um, and Jared was on point, right, saying that, you know, they're not just going to bring one car with just four people. They're going to bring a whole bus. Right. And they've actually already put it out um, there. And it's actually a pretty sweet deal. I think it's like thirty five dollars uh, for them to um you know, uh, get on the bus round trip and, and all that. So especially for the price of gas right now, that's a really great, great deal for them. And they have their own section. They're going to be in 201. And if, if y'all go and check that out, I counted the seats last I counted, I think there were like 33 tickets already sold in that 201 section. So they're going to have a crowd out there. They're going to be loud. And so as Jared said in the last pod, if you can make it out there, please be out there. Please be as loud as you can because they're going to be loud as well. And we're at home. And again, I limited seating. So I just hope to goodness they don't spill over in p- past 201, you know, like into 202, 203, <laughs> because I do not want a beer shower from up above. I swear to you, it's not, you know, no beer showers, please. If you're listening to this, anybody from CV Fuego, please don't do beer showers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Or even not just us, right? But also anyone walking below the bleachers, right? If there's any oh my gosh, you're coming down and Ugh. yeah, we don't want to see it rain. That's the one disadvantage of having a pop-up stadium, you know, that's not built into concrete <laughs> kind of a thing, is the ability for the stuff to drip through below. If you ever walked under Tower Bridge Battalion on a full, you know, a very busy night, <laughs> you might as well walk behind the stands and not through that, you know, alleyway that goes underneath the bleachers because you're literally going to be dodging the drips and drops of beer. <laughs> And Jared, Jared's trying to hide his face, I think, because maybe he's experienced that before. <laughs> <laughs> or he's like, I, I, I've actually been guilty of that. I've actually done that too. <laughs> I know nothing. I know nothing. <laughs> so that, that should be good. And um, I think for, no, 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 not, not the first time, but maybe the first time in, in a league game, we're both going to be sitting in the same section, not counting the time we were in VIP, right? But actually in seats, yes. uh, we'll, we'll be there for an official um, game uh, in section 105. And so is a lot more people that we know. Some of you listeners are probably also in 105 because we've we've been asking around. And so 
105 is a section to be at if you're able to get tickets to the section. Um, and if you're in another section, just continue to be loud. But I'm pretty sure we're going to be the loudest section. Uh, just judging off uh, myself, Sharon. Um, I think your sister, maybe Sharon. Will she make an appearance? No, she oh, won't she be won't. with us, which is so sucky because she's like one of the loudest, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but I know Jane will be there. And I know that Ryan Strange, hopefully he'll be there. Uh, we'll find out on the live show because he usually joins the live show. Make sure you invite him. Yeah. And, and Martha and Jen will be there as well. Awesome. Um, the, oh, section, Jen's yeah. brother, uh, Martha's husband as well. So it's going to be a really great, great spot to um, be and at. Tina. If you can. Isn't and Tina, Tina as well? To be there yeah. Too? Tina yeah, as yeah. well. So it's going to be exciting. And if you happen to see us there again, uh, just go say hi to us or something and get your free podcast stickers because we always have them and we're always ready to give them out as well. And the fact that tickets are starting as low as $10. I mean, come on, you can't even get a beer that much. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's get these seats filled up. Yeah. Yeah. Or for real. Yeah. They're really cheap. $10. If you get a ticket in our sections or in the mid level sections, they're $21, which they're still pretty good because you you can never get a ticket that cheap <laughs> in those areas ever, even at resale price. So, and if you talk to a season ticket member who's not going to the match, look on the TBB wall or whatever, you know, find somebody, just put it out there because there might be season ticket holders that aren't going that got free tickets. Mm. Wow, that's a new nice yeah. perk. I, I wasn't yeah. aware of. Wow. Yeah, we yeah. we got them included in our accounts. So talk to us. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So feel free to do that and just, just be out there. It's going to be a, a really good, good game too. And we'll be able to see our uh, favorite podcast magic again, hoping we result victorious and all that too. But uh, we're going to try and have him on for our recap pod, uh, regardless of what happens in the game. And I'm sure he'll, if he has time, he'll want to be on, even if you know, the score is in his, in his favor. And even if we're the ones that lose, right? I mean, we'll still want him on to give us his thoughts on, on the game. Awesome. Well, uh, one more thing we wanted to mention. Uh, and again, shout out here to Jared for letting us know right as soon as he found out about the news. Like, right, it was like fresh right off the press uh, on Stockton getting a USL women's uh, league soccer team in 2023 called uh, SC Stockton. Uh, we're really excited to to see the team uh, joining the league and it, like so quickly too, right? Because I, I think Jared, you were telling us there's another team that's not going to join until like 2024, and so the fact that they're joining so quick is is really awesome to to hear already. Now, just to give a rundown for those that might not be familiar, uh, USL actually has two women's uh, divisions. Uh, the main one being the USLW League. They actually start play this year, but the SC Stockton expansion uh, doesn't take effect until next year, which will be their f- first uh, season of play. It's still real early in the announcement, so we don't know information such as rosters, where they're going to be playing, anything like that. Uh, but of course, more news will develop uh, as, as time does. Uh, the other division that USL has is the USL Super League, which is a second division of women's uh, professional soccer, but they don't start until 2023, which would be next year. So already Stockton is going to be playing on the higher level uh, when they come into play in 2023. 
the only media outlet I've seen any information about this from other than the league itself was KCRE three. I had checked some of the other local media, such as uh, 10, 13, uh, Sacramento B, even the Stockton record. No news whatsoever, at least this past Friday, about Stockton joining the league. Now, yes, there is already professional women's soccer here in Northern California with the California Storm. Uh, they happen to play in an entirely different league, the uh, WPSL. But uh, for Stockton to be on the forefront of women's uh, professional soccer, I mean, that that just speaks volumes. I mean, first of all, Stockton getting another pro, uh, another pro team on top of uh, the Stockton Heat, the Stockton Kings, and the Stockton Ports. This is just going to be another thing that's going to grow Stockton on on, on the sports uh, world. But uh, we we definitely want to try to interview folks with the SC Stockton as we can. It's like Louis said, it's still in the works. We're going to try to figure out when we interview the uh, president and CEO of SC Stockton, but we're definitely looking forward to that. Anything to grow, not only Central Valley soccer, but professional women's soccer as well, because we know that it is growing and growing by leaps and bounds, especially thankfully because of the women's national team. But uh, definitely being on the lookout for more news on that. Uh, Once they get uh, a crest available, figure out where where they're going to be playing, who's going to be on the roster. Just please know we are going to be on the forefront of that locally for for Central Valley, even if the uh, the big media might not pick up on it so quickly. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll be covering the team uh, all throughout. And so, yeah, just be on the lookout for uh, when we do our interview with them here um, sometime within the next month is, is when that'll be recorded and, and released sometime around the same time. So cool. Well, thank you, Jared, for uh, letting us know all about that. Uh, we're really excited again here to have a team, especially me here in the 209 as someone from this area. Uh, any soccer team that we get is, is really awesome and really speaks volumes of how much soccer is growing all throughout the area. So cool. Well, Jared, Sharon, it was a nice uh, chatting with you here on the podcast this uh, Sunday morning and looking forward to our town hall this next Tuesday and to everyone who wants to join us there and or just wants to watch us uh, as we do the town hall preview of the game against uh, Central Valley Fuego, then we'll see you there. But for all of us, thank you so much for tuning in tonight and we'll see you next week here on State of the Republic podcast. Recording stopped. (laughs) I was waiting for someone to say something. (laughs) In disbelief that he was actually called, because he probably knew that he got a touch on the ball and thought... Oh, we got the return of Cheryl, but... (laughs) From Jack's point of view, we've all played different positions on the field. Okay. What? For for a second, we had a a comeback by by Cheryl. I'm calling... I'm calling your version Sharobot. Oh, all right. Well. We, we had a visit from Elsa, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> all right, now you're back. <laughs> Gosh, Dodie, you know what? This Elsa BS in my house, Gur, not Jack Gur, but just Gur. <laughs> Sorry. Back to talking about Brown Jack. Brown Bear Gur. You know, the part about. Do, 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 do. <laughs> We're thinking. <laughs> okay. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah. What's what's t- Tucson? I thought it was Tucson. 
What's yeah. Tucson? Tucson. Tucson. Yeah. The sea is silent. <laughs> it's always been silent. I like to pronounce my C's, I think, in Spanish. It carries on. <laughs> G- give Sorry. me a CH word out there. Charles Spen Battery. He, 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 he likes he likes to see to hear the the waves. That's why he pronounces the sea. That's why the sea isn't silent for him. He, he likes to hear the ocean. He likes the ocean to see or not to see. Wait, wait. wait. Anyhow, whatever. <laughs> Sorry, we just gave you more edit. I mean, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah, that's good. I'm enjoying this right now. <laughs> the bloop. <laughs> Tucson. Are you ever gonna say that again? Are you ever gonna say Tucson again? Or are you gonna say Tucson? <laughs> I think I'm still going to say it the same way again. Oh my God. You're going to hear us say we're going to so make fun of it every single time. It, it's, it's just as bad as how uh, here in, in Phoenix, you know, you'll hear folks that mispronounce it and they'll just get jumped on, uh, jumped on it uh, verbally. Like, it's not Tolson, it's Tolson, or it's, or it's uh, Prescott Valley, even though it looks like Prescott. It's, yeah, it's Prescott, so, like Biscuit. Yeah, pretty Prescott. much. Yeah, and Anybody who says Illinois, oh my God, I just want to smack him upside the head. The S is silent, folks. Silent S on Illinois. Whatever. I was born there, so I can defend Illinois. Oh, okay. All right. I was like, oh, you feel really pretty strong about that one. Uh, but but when, you're born, when you're born in a yeah. state. Yeah. Yeah. But, then get, but then again, also, uh, Luis can get on folks for mispronouncing Stanislaw. You know, some <laughs> folks will say Stanislaus County. No, it's, it's Stanislaw. Yeah. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. No, no, no. Oh no, my that... God, we're getting so off track. It. Yeah. So, yeah. Let, let's leave uh, Crustacean uh, Christmas out of this, uh, and let's move on. It's not even July yet, right? To do Christmas yeah. in July. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it just been any... on the Fresno Fuego side. I mean, I'm calling them Fresno on the Central Valley Fuego. <laughs> Another edit. Another one. Oh, wow, we have a lot for people tonight. Mr. Blooper. Mr. <laughs> Mr. I call bloopers made blooper himself. <laughs> no more Monday record. No, no more morning recordings. Yeah. <laughs> Let us get caffeinated first. Yeah, right. 